Hey guys, if you are wanting to start your own podcast and you want a super easy way to do it, I highly recommend Anchor. So you can download the free Anchor app. You can either go to anchor.fm or just search on your phone for Anchor app. And the reason that I love it is it's completely free. It's a way that you can record and piece together like different elements of your podcast, whether you're on like your phone or your computer. And then it like basically puts your podcast in all of the different places so like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and then you can make money from it so you don't have to have like any minimum amount of listeners it's basically everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place for free so you can download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm and I hope you guys enjoy it have fun with it hi friends Welcome to the Spiritual Rebels and Misfits Roundtable. We invite all of our fellow dreamers, thinkers, healers, lightworkers, world changers, rebels and misfits to join us every single week here at the Roundtable. We're going to be exploring everything from love, business, life, even the things that other people think are strange and weird, like UFOs and channeling. And this is a space that's really about deepening our personal and spiritual journey. And we really want you to join us, add your questions, your wisdom, your thoughts, your ideas. We are your hosts, Ashley Bradley, intuitive business coach and mom, calling out all the healers and light workers to play a bigger game and show up with their unique magic. I'm your co-host, James Lesser. And speaker, writer, member of the recovery community, and queer spiritual activist. We hope you'll come with an open mind and open heart. Every week we have a new topic, and you can join us live on Facebook or YouTube Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific. Roll up a seat at the roundtable. Hey guys, so I wanted to give you just a little bit more about what you'll hear in this episode. We have two guests joining us today, um, both Lamont and Brianon. Uh, They are both people of color. Obviously, you can't see them on video listening to this audio, but Lamont identifies as a pansexual black Costa Rican spiritual man. He's also a super inspiring, inspirational speaker. And Brianna, you'll hear more about her story. She is biracial. And we brought them both in today because they have really been navigating a lot of unique conversations within their communities, Lamont specifically within the community of his church group and having people that are responding to his posts about Black Lives Matter with that hashtag All Lives Matter and the exchanges that happened, um, Brianna being out there protesting, being in a she calls it like really a culturally white family with her siblings and her mom who raised her being white, having those conversations with them. And James coming in with a very different perspective. You'll see in this episode that James and I actually have two very different perspectives, although we agree we, we both have different tactics of how we approach it and how we handle it and how we have those conversations with people. So I really hope that you enjoy it. I know that all of us in different ways have been finding ourselves with our friends and our families, like having these really challenging conversations about Black Lives Matter, about white privilege, and really trying to you know find those opportunities to really kind of break through the thinking of people that um, might be showing some resistance or thinking that they're not the problem or even those people in our friend and family groups who are saying things like, I don't see color and really just choosing to say that they're not a part of the problem so they don't need to talk about it. So we're really going to be unpacking all of that today and I hope that if you are finding yourself in some of these types of conversations that you're able to take something away that you heard, particularly there's going to be a lot of really good stuff shared by Lamont and Brianna that really helps you navigate it and hopefully also helps you just feel like really seen and and supported and know that you should keep doing that that good work out there that you're not alone that we're we're really here to kind of applaud you and encourage you to keep doing that so i hope that it serves you well and thanks for listening to our episode all right hello everybody so uh we wanted to introduce ourselves for starters um i wanted to introduce james and then maybe james you can introduce lamont I'm trying to stay in my little rectangle here too, like with the camera. 
Um, but if anybody is watching from James sharing, I'm Ashley Bradley. I'm an intuitive business coach. And James and I are actually starting to do our own uh, live series every Friday, talking about things that are important to us, things that are weighing on our hearts and minds, spiritual topics. We don't have an official name for it yet, uh, but James happens to be one of my best friends, somebody that I actually go to whenever I'm feeling um, really challenged. He's extremely wise, uh, extremely knowledgeable in terms of um, you know, those kinds of topics that tend to be really challenging. And so that's why I, of course, not only do I want to hang out with my best friend, but of course, like he's, he's like one of my all time, if not the favorite kind of conversation partners on really kind of taking these complex topics that a lot of people don't want to touch with a six foot pole and really just talking about it and being like, Oh, well, how do we learn from this? How do we grow from it? Um, so thank you, James, for saying yes to doing this. Do you want to introduce Lamont? Um, Lamont's just amazing. That's the title. Amazing. I mean, he's not <laughs> necessarily a life coach like you, Ashley, but he's just amazing. He's been a friend of mine for years. He's very, very active in this church and just is a beautiful, beautiful spiritual light. I don't get to see enough of him, so I'm glad I kind of wrangled him into this. Uh, Lamont, where do you, are you residing from? And tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm currently living in Colton, California. Like Jane says, I'm involved at my church at La Sierra University. I'm really proud of my church because they have a space for LGBT, LGBT plus people to come and worship and mm -hmm. truly like engage in spirituality. I would say I'm more spiritual than religious. And so when I try to practice that and uplift people and encourage people like just as my mission in life. So I read your letter and I was like really excited that you were going to join us because I was just like, okay, now I know exactly why James <laughs> is inviting you because you're the perfect person. Um, but just introducing the, the topic for everybody that's here that's tuning in, I was calling it when they don't agree. But we all I know here have this goal of really wanting to keep people listening right now, really wanting to keep people's hearts and minds open to receiving new things so that we can really see transformation in the world. And so the conversation that I want to open up, which I feel like I, I am really going to want Lamont to share this kind of story, this letter, because it, it models it so beautifully, is, is how do we interact with people to really keep their hearts and minds open without being like, you're wrong, you're ignorant, you, you're super, where they just like kind of close off, right? Where they just shut down and they don't talk to us and they just kind of become defensive and they want to fight with us because now they feel judged, right? And while I'm not talking about like the extreme situations here, because of course I always believe like if we see these acts of violence or hate going on, of course we should be stepping in, we should be stopping it. But we're talking about those like everyday conversations where someone like doesn't know that they're doing something wrong or maybe saying something wrong. We're talking about those kinds of situations here. So Lamont, would you tell us like a little bit about your um, your letter or sort of this, this interaction that you had or maybe even your belief on like how you showed up in this interaction with somebody that you felt was maybe really, really good or a good approach to it? I think we should start, okay, so I definitely will tell you guys about the letter, but I think we should start with my belief system years earlier. I actually was not for Black Lives Matter 2016. Like, I heard it, it was like, Black Lives Matter, and I, like a lot of people were like, no, like All Lives Matter, what are they talking about? And through conversations with other Black people and getting their experiences and stuff, I was like, okay, this makes sense. And really, like, it says Black Lives Matter, but it should be like Black Lives Matter too. But I don't know why they never added it to. Um, but that's really what the message is. So when people hear it, it's like, no, we should be inclusion. We should be all. We, we need to stop putting up barriers. So I understand like where people are coming from, from the barriers and how it can be off-putting. But then in my letter, um, a letter to the masses I titled it, I talk about how we as humans struggle with not having inclusive thought processes. Like we have to see the difference between you and us, them and they, and we see the differences. We don't allow for this inclusion to happen. So um, in this conversation on one of the forums where I was just posting earlier in the month, it was just like, hey, we're living in hard times. Let's come together as people. Like like in the whole like, like original message, it has, has said nothing about color. Like, let's just come together as people. But in the picture, 
there was a picture where it was like Black Lives Matter, um, no humans illegal, everyone is femme. Like there's a lot of different things in it. And I just wrote this thing, like this inclusive thing and blasted it to several different groups I'm a part of. And one of the groups, um, this person felt like they had to speak up for whatever reason. And I always think humans, we we tend to like flee from conflict or we, we make it bigger than what it is. And I feel like conflict is a great opportunity for us to learn. So she goes up and she says her statement. And I'm like, oh, okay, like let's have a conversation. And I think you have to be in a mindset of willing to have a conversation. And as I try to teach children, so I'm a group facilitator, um, and I try to teach children all the time, like, you are responsible for how you respond. Yes, something someone says could probably make you angry or disappointed or hurt, which it did, but I was ultimately responsible for how I responded. And I had to, like, just take a step back, like, okay, so what is she saying? What is she communicating? And when she was talking, I picked up on, like, she feels like, it should be all inclusive and it's not all inclusive and it bothers her because now she feels divided from it. And that's the message mm-hmm. that I got. So in yeah. trying to address that, I was like, Hey, like, what if you viewed it this way? Now you can be included. And now there's not that division, but remember you're putting that division from how you interpret the language. Mm. And so that's what the letter was kind of about. That's actually what, like what I really loved about your response, Lamont, is that you were really inviting someone into this different perspective that you were saying, yeah, it does look that way from the perspective that you're seeing it. It's completely true from her vantage point. And I loved that you didn't tell her that she was wrong, but you were sort of inviting her in. And she didn't seem very willing to look at it a different way from the response that I read. (laughs) But I I loved your approach to it. And it felt like she was like interacting with you. And like, in the end, like you two were not agreeing. But like, I do feel like James would say this as well, that you like planted a seed and that when she has a few more of those interactions, that it might be the third the fifth, the tenth time that someone invites her in, that she might be like, okay, okay, maybe there's something here I need to look at. So yeah, I feel like kind of like almost like when you're trying to open a jar and you know, like you loosen it a bit each time. Like I'd like to believe that maybe you sort of like planted a seed within her, as James would say. Um, I kind of want to get Brianna in here. I think that I will have to, um, Solange, I might have to remove you for just a moment to like put her in so we won't hear you. But I'm going to pull her in because I know she's been like waiting really patiently. I'm going to bring your, can I put you on video as well? Are you good with that? Or do you want to just be audio? Okay, cool. So. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Made it. Hello, beautiful. Hello. Do you want to introduce her? No, I want, I would love for her to introduce herself because this okay. girl can, can speak on her own accord. Hi, beautiful. Hello. So yeah, my name is Brianna and I, I go by Brie. I'm currently living in Southern California. I'm originally from Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri. I am truly excited to be a part of this conversation. And um, yeah, I too, like uh, Lamont said, I, I wasn't always, you know, a part of Black Lives Matter. Uh, when it first started, I was like, wait, all lives matter. And then more events started happening. I started seeing it more. And then I did my own research. And uh, so, yeah, that's how I ended up getting involved with this movement. And I would love to hear if there's uh, anything that you've experienced or noticed, Brie, that tends to keep people um, maybe more receptive, maybe more open to listening and learning. Right. So I actually recently uh, had a conversation with my family because I I come from a family that is white. My biological father, uh, who I don't know, is Puerto Rican and black. And so my brother, my sister, my mom is white. I grew up in a white uh, cultural family. So I had a conversation with my brother and my sister and my mom just to maybe kind of see where they were at because one of my nieces reached out to me. I had posted a video on Snapchat of me protesting and we were chanting Black Lives Matter. And she's 15 years old. She reached out to me and said, but I think all lives matter. And so I feel like that kind of opened up the opportunity to have that conversation with my family. And so the first thing that I did was um, 
I tried educating myself like the best way uh, to approach the situation. I, I talked to other people. I asked if they've ever had the conversation. Um, I did some research online and I was just really mindful. So I understand that everyone has their own personal beliefs and opinions, right? And it's not my job to change that. And so I kept that in the forefront of my mind, you know, and I just told them, I talked to my family about my experiences, some experiences that they haven't ever even heard of. And it was really, I guess it was good. You know, I I wasn't like, oh, you're wrong. I just told them that if they're interested to maybe educate themselves on it more, do some research. Mm-hmm. And um, I let whoever I'm talking to who may have like a closed mind on whatever issue it may be, I try to do the same thing that Lamont does. I invite them to uh, do research and I don't let them know that I think they're wrong. Mm-hmm. I give them what my perspective is and mm-hmm. like an opportunity to maybe open their minds through research. I love that, Brie. Um, It's definitely nobody's job, I feel like, to, like, try to convince someone. Because sometimes when we're, like, too attached to, like, like that we have to change somebody's mind. Sometimes, I don't know what it is, but people tend to put up a wall at that point. And then you feel like nothing is getting through. Have you guys noticed that? Yes. Well, I I don't want to talk over either one of these beautiful people. But I kind of want to be honest. You and I had this conversation on, on Saturday and I was like really kind of hesitant to like have this particular topic recently we broached together yeah. because I get a lot of the anger right now and people don't want to hear that I get the anger and you were ta- and I were talking about it on Saturday and like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the anger is like how much longer do we have to educate people? How much longer does everyone need to have these discussions about human rights? And human dignity. Like, racism to me is the most disgusting thing. Followed closely by sexism and homophobia. To judge someone and think of someone as less than because of the beautiful color of their skin, it just fascinates me and not in a great way. And I think that part of right now what's happening is how much longer do we need to talk about this? Like, how much longer do we need to tell you we need to value each person? And, you know, Black Lives Matter, it needs to be said because to some people, Black lives don't matter. And we got to stop sweeping that under the rug. All these people want to say, all lives matter. Well, then talk to your neighbors and your friends and your teacher and your police departments that don't treat people that way of color. And, you know, I, I only know a slight bit of the pain from being a gay man growing up in America. And that's minute compared to what our, our colored family has to deal with. And so mm-hmm. I get a lot of the anger. And you and I were having this discussion at the end of it. I was like, so what do you want to talk to uh, talk about on Friday? And you're like, what do you think we're talking about on Friday? I was like, damn it. So I'm really, <laughs> really like these peaceful souls are here to kind of dial me back because I get the anger. Like how much longer we got to educate y'all? Like how much longer can we all stand as a family and be like enough is enough? And so I'm so glad these two are here to be more peaceful about it. Cause like the truth is like I get to a boiling point. And I may not be like have colored skin, but I feel that pain and it's exhausting, you know, and like to treat people with less dignity because God painted them a beautiful color. It just it, it, it blows my mind and not in a great way. Yeah. And I know from our conversation, James, that it was like, I mean, obviously, we all agree that just like gravity is sort of like a thing. It's sort of like, well, yeah, hum, human rights, like we're all kind of aligned there, right? That it sort of should just be accepted. And I don't even think we're talking about about people that are like way on that end of the spectrum I think like it's more so those people that are like I'm not racist like I I don't see color like it's sort of like those people I feel like that we have like the greatest opportunity to reach right that maybe just don't even understand that they're doing anything that might be hurtful or that they might not be seeing the, the bigger kind of fuller perspective of this my my problem with this is the enabling from those people that like that like I'm not racist, you know. I don't see color. It's the enabling, and I had to call myself on it. You and I had this conversation like a week before Floyd died. One of you know at a job I was at, one of my coworkers said the N word, and it boiled my blood. But I stayed quiet because I didn't want to deal with that conflict. And I didn't want to deal with it in a place of employment, and I kept quiet and I enabled it with my silence. And I let that person believe that they could talk that way in front of me and that it would be tolerable. And I'm not kidding you, like 
two weeks ago that person said the same thing again and I, I just I realized this was my call to action and I let that person like hey don't ever speak that way in front of me again if you feel that way I'm truly sorry for you I feel sorry for you but never speak this way in front of me again and it got heated but it's that enabling that I think is very frustrating that I'm not racist but we let racism continue all around us and we're not equally infuriated and we make excuses for like Floyd's death like he was this or he was that watch the video folks he died a very slow and agonizing death and no one deserved to die that way and the police were only charged because people stood up and I really want to dial back from it I really do I don't want to be militant about it I don't want to be angry so I'm, I'm glad people are here to like really show the peaceful side because that's where I'd like to be that's where well, I love being I want to talk to Lamont about it because I feel like there's different emotions that we can kind of choose, like, right? Like at any given point, we can shift into kind of different emotional experiences within our own perspective. So I would really, because I'm sure that there's times where Lamont is like really pissed, you know, and angry about it. And I just am kind of wondering, like, how do you decide what you shift into in different moments with the different ways to feel? Please I think that's interesting because I feel like when I see injustice, I don't get angry. I get sad. So I think I, I interpret it different. Like sometimes like, like I'm pretty sure I do get angry. Like, but then I, it immediately goes into like a sadness, like for the human condition, like these people oh. are missing it. Like, like in my mind, it, it's the message starts like these people are missing it. They're, they're missing the connection. They're missing the value. They're in, like a part of their souls to grow and like so like mm. like all of these thoughts are going through my head i don't think i was originally that way though i think it was like years of like talks and training and like training my mind to like think differently about perceiving a situation what is happening in the world is angering it is hurtful and it's not okay people dying simply because they have different color skin is not okay and i think it's so cool that finally finally the cops got charged for killing someone because this is not this is not the first time this has happened where like there was a gun mistaken on a girl's lap and she was knocked out in the car and um, something happened and she jerked and the cops opened fire. Um, this was like in the 90s. Those cops were displaced. They were not charged. They were not brought to justice. And it's kind of like this thing that happens in the police force. It's like if something bad happens, we're not gonna fire you. We're just gonna like move you somewhere else so like people can't find you and you just continue to serve. Well, if they don't learn from that initial lesson, what's to stop it from happening again? And these are people who have said that they're here to protect and serve. And I believe they initially wanted to protect and serve or I would like to believe they initially wanted to protect and serve and something has become skewed. Something has become corrupted. I was having a conversation with friends the other day and they were like, Man, like at least once a year, these cops should be going to like some mental health like screening to see if they can like serve the additional year. And I was like, I think every six months, like to be honest, like because there's so much high pressure and so much stress in their job. And then like I was watching like last year, I saw these videos where like these people were going around trying to kill cops, like mm. just for the fun of it. And I was like, well, I would be an asshole too, like if. I was going out in the community trying to serve, protect, and someone's trying to kill me for doing my job. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. A, good guy. I'm a good guy, right? Like, so it's like, it's, it's this balance of let's hold people accountable for their mistakes. If they didn't mean to kill someone, but they did, we still have to hold them accountable and still do a due process. Yes, let's be angry about it because it's unjust, but also let's remember that they're human and maybe they just fucked up. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, I don't yeah. care. Do you guys care? No one cares. Yeah. You're allowed to say whatever you want. <laughs> can, can I kind of approach a topic first to maybe like hit on? Because I think I knew I was going to end up playing the devil's advocate in this conversation. And I, I think that in our conversation on Friday, mm -hmm. like we both knew that. So like this isn't a place I, I want to be in. And I really try to do the spiritual work to dial back for me. But I really want to hear from like Bree, who has been like really, really out there. Like the will, the willful ignorance is what I think really drives me insane. Like that roadblock of like I I believe this 
this idea, I don't educate myself, I don't research it, I don't talk to people of color to figure out why they're so angry. And I'm going to stand here and be steadfast in my ignorance. And I, I and Lamont, I'm not, I'm sorry I haven't seen you and it's been far too long, but Bri, I've been really following you. And like running into that, how have you dealt with that? And how do you try to continue to communicate when you hit that roadblock so often? Because that's where I struggle right now. So um, for me, first, I want to touch on my emotions. Um, I don't think there's like one specific emotion that I've been able to land on um, that I feel. I feel all of them, like all at the same time. I'm angry that this is still happening in our society. I'm sad because when are they going to listen, you know? And I'm also happy because so many of us have come together. So many people who have a voice, who aren't necessarily being um, first-handedly affected by this situation, they're using their voice. And so it gives me a little bit of hope. But whenever I run into like ignorance and then seeing, you know, that maybe not everyone's going to get this and that's okay. The reason why I continue to fight is because I don't want my kids, like when I have kids, I don't want them to grow up and feel like their skin color is a threat to someone else's life. I don't want them to be told that they're ugly because of their skin color. Um, I don't want them to be teased in high school and called the N-word. And um, for example, it happened to me and like self-defense, you know, use self-defense and get kicked out of school and the other kid not be punished. You know, like that's not the world that I want my kids or my grandkids, you know, to grow up in. I try to remind myself that I'm not only fighting for those lives who have, who are lost and I'm not only fighting for those who are still here and I'm not only fighting for black lives, you know, I'm fighting, I'm loud about this situation because I'm, uh, I want to see change for the white woman who's in love with a black man and uh, is too scared to tell her family, you Mm. know, I'm fighting for the person who's too scared to come out about their sexuality. And um, I think black lives matter, like this movement, especially this year, it's huge. I feel like it's a great opportunity to people for people to realize that they um, they have power and to learn how to take it back. And I just mm. like I try to remind myself that whenever um, I get tired or I'm like, is this even worth it? Like, I'm not just fighting for myself. You know, there are people before me who are fighting and fighting and marching way further than I have, you know, and they didn't stop because they were fighting for our future for the generations to come. And that's what I try to remember. Bree, that was so beautiful. And I'm so glad that you're here to share that. And I know exactly why James invited you. (laughs) Something that I remember from our conversation, James, last week was how I do think that there's so many different approaches that we need. It's not saying that we should only be sort of like these compassionate, like, you know, human beings in these conversations like this, you know, where we need to be soft and gentle and like, you know, try to, you know, bring someone into like a different place with it or a different perspective. It doesn't mean that there shouldn't also be protests because I think we need it all happening on a variety of different levels. And it's sort of like, yeah, it's like, what role do I play? How do I utilize my kind of strengths, gifts, talents, any kind of influence that I might have? And, and I think that at least from like my perspective, like with, with my, myself, I'm just like, well, I really do want to empower those people that are feeling really nervous, like in situations with their, with their family, where, you know, like that there's like barbecues or conversations happening within families. Cause it's happening in, in my extended family where these topics are coming up. And it's like, I really do want to empower those people to not feel like they have to be quiet because their, their uncle or their dad or grandpa doesn't agree with them, but they're really finding that courage within themselves to have someone disagree with them or to feel like they maybe have some like tools to go into that conversation, even if it's like giving less fucks about what their family thinks about them. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's at least sort of like the way that I'm like, okay, what, what do I have to like offer to people right now during this, this time? But I think each of us is playing our own unique role. And I feel like as long as we're doing something with our gifts, something with our, our voice, then I think that that's being a part of the solution. But James, what's your, you have something brewing. You want to say something. Well, well, I mean, this is part of our our conversation, you know, like I, you know, getting sober and working in a spiritual program to really face myself, like a lot of it has been being on a spiritual journey on that learning, like, you know, to focus on the positive and look for the great in life, blah, blah, blah. 
this is the real, really the first time since I've gotten sober over three years ago that like I kind of had to come down from that perch almost because like I really believe in like the power of positivity and but you know this and the abundance and stuff like that. And yeah. so it was really like a hard, hard journey to be like, okay, I got, I, I, got, I can't keep playing along. Things are happening here, and I think it's kind of all of our responsibility. And I think I get really frustrated that people don't recognize that this is our responsibility as a human family, as souls on on, on a human journey. And it was really a hard thing to do because I want to be like, oh, peace and love and sunshine. But the truth is, like, it's not it's not happening right now. And I think if we all took a little bit of accountability that we can get it there. And, you know, I, I really hate the looting and I hate seeing things burn. But do I get it? Absolutely. And I think if people try to get that anger instead of yeah. be so disgusted by it, they try to understand how people got to that place of rage, that we mm -hmm. could have different conversations. But people, and you know, you and I talked about this, like, it's really fascinating to me that we live in a country that only, that only responds to anger and only respond, like they don't respond to peacefulness. And this conversation has been going on peacefully for years and years and yielding no results. And that's why I understand anger. I, I hate the looting. I hate the burning. A lot of it I don't believe has to do with this group that is trying to bring about change. I hate mm -hmm. it, but do I understand it? Absolutely. And I wish that people would stop shutting their eyes and pointing the finger and be like, you're gross, you're burning buildings, you're looting. And like go like, how did you get here? How did you get so angry? And, you know, in the program that I work of recovery, you know, there's a part of amends. And I think that if we got to the part of amends and really understood why people were so angry, that it'd be a different conversation. But it's a bunch of finger pointing. And everyone wants to be the smartest man in the room. And no one wants to hear, and I, I'm catching myself on that, where I'm so filled with rage that I'm not hearing. So I'm so thankful for people like you to bring me back to the table to hear, but I also understand the anger. I don't know if that made sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And yeah, I think that, um, I think that there's a variety of different topics. Like, I think that you and I agree that like earth is like our schoolroom, right? Where we come here and we have all these experiences and we learn all these lessons and we grow and expand as human beings or our consciousness grows and expands, however you want to think about it. And I think as well, there's so many very divisive topics. Like, you know, if people want to talk about gun control, then it's fights on Facebook and like different sides. And it's like, this again is like a divisive topic. So it's like, how can we learn to talk about the things that tend to really divide us so that we can actually get somewhere? Because I noticed that a lot of times people do actually have many things in common, but that we tend to lead with what we feel differently about or what we don't like instead of what we can agree on. And then it, we tend to get nowhere. Those conversations, I mean, if we just look historically, right? And on people's Facebooks and like, I'm leaving Facebook because everyone wants to fight. And then it's like, there's a sort of way to have the conversation. And so that's really what I, I, I think kind of in many different areas, like I hope also comes from this is that people learn how to talk to each other. There was something going around on the internet a while ago, but it, there was someone that is a, um, like a non-binary individual and they basically um, had a, a mom come on to their Instagram and start to talk to them about how, because of you, like, like my, you know, daughter is doing this and kind of blaming this individual saying like, you're the root of the problem. You're kind of planting the seed for my, you know, my daughter wants to be trans. And like the way that the, the, the individual, the non-binary individual went through the conversation of being like, wow, you know what? I actually see beneath that, like, you are coming from this place of love, like you wanting the best for your child, like you coming on here to talk to me about this, like I see your love. And I like, I was really floored by it, especially because it was coming from like a young 20 something person. I was like, wow, like this person like stepped out of themselves. They're not taking it personally. They're trying to like kind of view it from this mother's perspective. And like it goes on. I'm sure you guys can go and search it if you want to look for this interaction. But the mother was left in a very different place and like talking to them about like learning where they can get binders like now for their their son, you know, so that they don't injure themselves and they can, you know, have the tools that they need to really support them. And I, I just thought like when I see things like that and I see people kind of open and soften and get shifted into a different perspective, I get so excited about that. Um, Lamont, like, I guess I'd love to hear from you as well because I saw you do this in, in your your letter like what what wisdom would you share with everybody around like your ability to do that what do you have to shift inside of you 
to be able to show up like that? Um, it takes, I think it takes determination and dedication to, to like, I guess these principles that are greater than yourselves. So like one of the principles that I think is greater than myself is love other people. And if I'm coming at them saying you're wrong, you're an idiot, you're ignorant, you're stupid, that's not really loving. And it's just going to put up a wall and the information's mm-hmm. not going to sink in. So love other people, like practice just loving other people and you have to love them in your head first and in your heart and in your wording. I guess another inter- um, thing is, um, again, like, why am I here? Am I here to defend or am I here to have a conversation? So keeping that in mind, like, it's bigger than me. So if I'm here to defend, they're not going to listen. But if I'm here to have a conversation, hopefully they'll hear that I'm not judging them, that I'm not putting them putting them out or down and they'll be able to take in what I'm saying. Again, it's a lot of practice. I, I haven't been good at this like for years. Like it's something that I try to practice on a daily with people I love, with pe- strangers and stuff. Real quick, not interrupt you. It looks like Bree has to go because Bree's at work. Yeah. So, thank you. I love you so much. Thank you for giving me hope. Thank you for refueling the peace in me and I love you and I support you a million times over. Thank you guys so much for having me. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you, Brie. It was so nice to meet you. I appreciate you adding your voice. Have a good day. Bye, Brie. Bye. Take care. So I'm going to try to play around with our configuration a bit. Look at, you see how we can like switch ourselves around. I like that. How do we want to (laughs) be? That's really cool. I don't like being on the top. I'm going to be over on the side. Or do you guys like this better? <laughs> I'm just having too much fun. Maybe we like this. I'll be next Whichever. to each other. So, Ash, I just mm-hmm. had a, a friend of ours, Christina, kind of message me a, a question. I don't know if you want to, I don't know if you have something on the agenda or if you guys want to talk about this. You know, yeah, we can see, you guys can see the comments off to the side too, I think, right? Well, I got a, a private message. No. So I've had people say it's not your fight to fight. Can you address oh, that yeah. and talk about that? So I don't know if you want to. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, look, can I address that? I want to address that. I want to address that. <laughs> yes. It is absolutely your fight. If you are human, this is mm. your fight. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Now you have to figure out how you're going to do it. Are you going to walk a path like I'm walking and have these conversations on social media? Are you going to go out? and protest like our friend who just left and say, hey, this is wrong. Are you going to just stand up in the moment, maybe in your families and say, hey, like, I don't think talking or thinking like this is okay. And this is why. Like, you don't have to fight how other people fight, but you do need to find your voice and how you're going to stand up and not let it pass. James, you were talking earlier, like how you let that man just say that word and it bothered you. And the second time it happened, it's like, am I going to stand by and do nothing and enable, or am I going to stand up and say something? And you stood up and said something and it sounds like it hasn't happened again. The same process, it's the same principle. This is everybody's fight. We're all human. I think that the co- the comment too that from Christina is about because I had like a huge like vulnerability hangover after I had a conversation with Marlena and like because some people are like hey like white silence right like you all need to stand up we're all human this is we're coming together and then I read something that was like actually within a like a coaching group that I was in and she is not black she's a person of color but she basically said we don't need other people like that are that are white to come in and save us this is your time to be quiet it's your time to listen so I think that's kind of what Christina was pointing to that sometimes sometimes people kind of feel a little stuck in the middle because like they're hearing some people and I felt like that for a second I was like ah, I feel like I'm like doing it all wrong and I don't want to like offend anybody and eventually I just had to say fuck it and be like I'm just gonna be me I'm just gonna lead with my own kind of values and intuition on this because there is those different perspectives that are basically like, you don't, this is your time to be quiet and just listen to the voice of color. So I think that's sort of like what that question was, what she meant by it. What do you think of that? So 
We absolutely, absolutely need our white allies to get to our white people. Who best to talk to our white brothers and sisters that don't understand or don't get it, who have a similar background, who could actually get the message across better than maybe I can because there's some there's more of a relationship there. Um, there was this video, there was this video that I was watching of this black woman who had this white or, I don't think she was white, I think she was black, but she looked white and she married into her family and they went shopping or whatever. In the midst of the shopping, because she looked white, she was brand new to the neighborhood, the clerk had a conversation with her, took her money, everything was fine. Now this other lady that like right after her, she was dark skinned, black, and she wanted to pay with a check just like her sister-in-law did. But she 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 went through this process of like, let me see the check, let me see your ID, let me see like if you're on a bounce checklist that we have at the store, and it was taking all this time. And so this lady, this black lady, she was in the midst of like, what do I do? Do I say something? But then I might become the black angry woman. Um, should I just let this pass and like just get through the process and stuff? And her sister-in-law, who was more passing, came back and said, hey, like, what is this all about? You didn't do this with me. Why are you doing this with my sister-in-law? Blah, 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 blah. And so the policies in that store end up changing because she was able to have that conversation and be her ally and get through to the clerk because the manager ended up coming and was like, let's just squash this, take the check, it's fine. But again, we need our white allies to get through to people who I may not be able to talk to because of their biases and their areas of growth and need because they're not ready to have those conversations with me. So we need you guys. We need you guys. And it is your And I, I love that. Uh, I just want to speak from a place of vulnerability, as you call it, Ashley. Why this especially, I think, has me riled up is, you know, being born a gay man, you know, when Prop Prop 8 was going around and, you know, it was the fight for marriage equality and, you know, was it going to be constitutionally amended that gays wouldn't be allowed to marry? And it was a big old thing. And back then, the world was still a lot more, I mean, they're still close to homosexualities and gays and understanding we're born that way and we're all God's children. But I remember the pain of watching my straight allies stay silent. And the pain and shame I felt by people that I really loved that, you know, were going into the, the heterosexual variety, keeping their mouth shut or, you know, voting against. And I, I don't think that's what people get. And I'm not saying being born gay is anything near the racism that's going on right now, but it's a, a fraction of it. And just like the overall pain that comes from that, of feeling like you are not as worthy of right, of being treated with dignity, of love, that if, you know, someone murders you out of hate, that it's going to be addressed in the way it should be addressed. So I I don't care if people are going to say it's not your fight, because I'm a human being, and I'm a soul, and I feel that pain. And I want us to get to a place where we're just all co-creating together, exploring magnificent things together, and, you know, dreaming big dreams together. But the truth is... Unfortunately, this disease, it is a disease of racism, is very loud right now. And yeah, I think Will Smith said it, like, you know, racism hasn't got worse, it's being filmed. And the truth is, you know, it's being filmed now. And we can either, you know, again, I equate it to alcoholism. We can address the illness and get better, or we can continue to live in denial. And I think that's the crossroads we're all at right now. Are we going to address mm. our disease or continue to shove it under the rug? You know what that brings up in me, James, is like, like, you know how like just stopping drinking, for instance, is not fully addressing the problem that like, that you call it a malady of the mind is like the language that people talk about. And so it's like, oh, you grow your, your spiritual life. Like, and then, so it's sort of like, there's like the root cause. And then there's the kind of like, what's the personal transformation journey that has to go with it. And so that's what it's bringing up in, in me as I start to think about this is sort of like, there's a quick kind of thing that needs to happen and needs to stop. And then the transformation that has to happen the journey afterwards, afterwards as individuals, right? Yeah. I just want to tell Lamont real quick, like, I'm so thankful yeah. you're here, my friend. And I'm so thankful, like, you have, as a man that 
as of a darker variety, like that you have such peace and like calm in the storm because like you're really bringing me back to that center. And I was, you know, I fought this conversation a little bit with Ashley at first, but I think we need to refuel each other with love and dignity. So thank you so much for being here, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate you. And I, I think um, what you've added to this conversation and the perspectives that you added are going to be really valuable to so many different people. Um, because that's, I think, the desire that all of us share is like, how do we change, make change, right? How do we create change? Sometimes as an individual person, we're like, oh, I don't have the ability to influence the world, but people have a greater impact than they think that they have, right? Like that, it, it's really sort of like the results of the collective and that people hearing what you have to say today, like that can create this like ripple effect of like the conversations that they go on to have tomorrow, you know, at, at their family barbecue. And then, you know, wh where does that end, right? It keeps going and going. And so that's how I'm seeing it. And I feel like there's times where people just need um, maybe a dose of courage, maybe a dose of that support mm -hmm. of seeing that, hey, like our friends that are watching here, they know they can kind of come to us if they're feeling really challenge at speaking up. I know that I go to James when I had a really hard conversation with a family member and I was like, I was crying. I was like, what do I do? I feel like I can't get through to this person. Like I know that like me knowing that I can call James to feel supported in that moment and, and understood in that moment that, that it helped me feel brave to like go and have that next conversation. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. What else do you guys what have we not talked about that that you guys want to talk about today? So, so let's talk about the grumpy black people or the the black people are like, we don't need you. Let's talk about them for a second. They're coming. <laughs> they talk about that. <laughs> I, I feel like we need to talk about that. I feel like when they tell white people or other people that are not passing for black, I feel like they're coming from a place of hurt. So forgive them and then know what you need to do, I guess. Like, don't take it per like, try not to take it personal. It's so hard not to take things personally. Well, well, I just want to say the reason I say that is because I want to make sure I don't add more hurt into the conversation. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when Ashley came to me about that concern, you know, when she was trying to grow her own feet in this journey, the only thing I have to really say is I'm not trying to tell the Black viewpoint because I can never understand the Black viewpoint. I'm trying to address it as a white gay spirit on this earth that is witnessing it and loves everyone with boldness, how it makes me feel and trying to alert people that are, have been lucky and privileged enough and, you know, white privilege, you know, it doesn't mean our life, you know, is peaches and cream. It means that right. we haven't had to deal with all these horrendous pratfalls of having darker skin and the disease of racism being out there. So I'm not trying to ever tell the black story. I want to hear the black story. I want to understand and grow my empathy for it. But hell if I'm going to bite my tongue when I see someone else in pain that I love, you know? So that's why I want you to dress it. I, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth and ca cause more pain. I definitely want to hear the perspective of people that were born of color, but I'm, I will not shut up about this because it's a disease that needs to be addressed by all of us if we're going to heal from it. Mm. James, I, I think you answered it perfectly, actually. So when those Black people are like, we don't need you, you, you can shut up and be like, hey, okay, like, I'm sorry, maybe I overstepped in this time. Or you can be like, hey, like, I am so sorry if my wires came across. Please understand my intent. I'm not trying to tell your side of the story. I'm just telling you how it affects me. And as a person and how it hurts me as a person. And maybe you don't understand that and that's okay, but um, how can I, how can I support you? How can mm -hmm. I, your ally and help you in this? And if it's you needing me to be quiet for right now, that's fine. If it's you needing me just to say like, acknowledge that I'm not black and I will never understand, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna acknowledge that right here, right now. I'll acknowledge that. And I won't understand your perspective or your point of view but I would still like to share my point of view on how this affects me. Having that conversation and if they're willing to hear you can be so powerful and it really shows allyship. Thank you, Lamont. I feel like your perspective has added so much to this conversation. So I'm glad that you, you're here. Like, I feel like I want to be your friend now. I don't know <laughs> that you live near me, but I'm just like, why haven't no. I met you <laughs> before? <laughs> um, I 
I do want to bring in, um, unmute Solange in a, in a few moments so that she can let us know if there's any questions that people are asking as they're watching. One thing that I do, I don't know if anyone else watching has done this, but I was using like the metaphor of uh, like dealing with toddlers. Uh, one that I, you know, I have a, a toddler at home, but sometimes when you are dealing with someone that's difficult, like if you think about them as like this like little child, do you know what I mean? That's sort of like doing the best that they can and they're like acting out and they're being angry. You know what I mean? That, that sometimes I, when I'm dealing with someone that seems like, I'm like really having a hard time understanding them and where they're coming from. Like, I really do think about like, how would I talk to my toddler? And I always, you're going to come from love, right? You're always going to be like, right. what's their experience right now? Like, how, how do I come from love? Cause you know, there's times where you want to get angry and like that you do have to also like, I use different tactics with my toddler, like, because otherwise I'll be like dragging him into his lunch chair. He doesn't want to do, he's like dropping his dead weight. And so I think about, and I think that that's my metaphor sometimes of how I think about these situations that, that sometimes you do have to try these variety of different tactics. And that's what I see showing up in the world right now is that we are leveraging all of these different tactics at once to really get through to all different types of people. And I think that's a good thing. I'm going to bring in uh, Solange so that just her audio so she can let us know. Question. She can let us know if we have questions. Yeah. Uh, so I Hi, think we can hear you now. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> so we have Carol. She just asked, um, made a comment. And she says, wanting to have Ali advocate strategy. I'm thinking I will watch and listen, be ready to film record and say something. Thinking I might, I might just uh, say to the person, uh, POC, LGBT, I'm here if I can help you, uh, if I can help in any way. What do you think? Um, interested in feedback and idea. Yes, I'll like advocate strategy. Sorry, like, because I'm in this little rectangle sometimes, I lean out of it. Yeah, so she's wanting to say like, hey, if you say, hey, can I, I'm here to help in any way, what do, you, what do you think about that? Like, if we go to someone that's either a person of color, like going through things, like how do we feel about, is it, is it being a good ally to go and say like, hey, like I'm here if you need anything, like just kind of your thoughts on checking in, or even if you're somebody that's going through something and you're in the LGBTQ plus community, like going to them and saying that, what are your guys' thoughts? So remember that people of color and LGBT plus people have biases. Um, they have biases. They've had experiences that have built up those biases. So like if you are a hetero person coming to in an LGBT plus space, they might like not be open to you or receptive, even if you want to help. If you are a white person coming into a POC space with the intent to help, they may not want you to help. So all you can do as an ally is show up, say you're willing, and hopefully they'll test you. They'll test you and like, they'll give you a little nugget here, see what they do. Okay, they're showing up, they're being a good ally. Let me give them a little bit more. Let me give them a little bit more. You have to be willing to go through that journey to help. Um, hopefully they're not hurting you. And if they are, I apologize. But there's a, there's a possibility to get hurt um, wanting to serve and be an ally as well. Just be willing yeah. to be in that space, I guess. I just want to say, like, hearing Lamont say that, like, trying to think of it from an outside perspective, that can kind of sound like, well, how dare they? Or, you know, something like that. But you have to understand, like, and again, being a, a gay white individual, I understand a fraction of this. Like, there's a lot of hesitation. There's a lot of fear. There's, there's history behind this. So, you know, like, again, this anger, it's, you know, we don't have to love the anger but we have to understand it and we have to be you know like one of my big journeys the last couple of years that i really put to the universe is i and I, I don't say this to be hurtful i say this to be honest i did not understand the trans journey i really did not and i really you know i prayed for that to come into my experience because i was i still don't fully understand it but i wanted to be more embraced of it and god and the, un the universe really put beautiful trans people in my life to help me understand more of that and kind of walk side by side with them understand the hurt and the hesitation to accept outside support because there's a lot like i don't know about you guys but until this last year i had never heard of tulsa and the mass the massacre in tulsa i never i never knew that and i consider myself a pretty well educated 
man, and I had never heard of that. And it was really, you know, opening my eyes and my ears and my heart to learn that information. So there is a lot of hesitation. So we have to understand the anger, you know, and I, I try to understand that the anger of people that are racist because, you know, they're pre-programmed that way. But we all have to open our heart to de deactivate that programming within us to really drop that I know best mentality because it's literally killing us. Right. So be willing to drop that I know best mentality. Um, James, I think a very important key that you talked about was be willing to have more people who are different from us in our space or go into their spaces and just be. So what I wanna say about that, like let's take it from a gay, like a gay lens. We all know straight people and like straight people have no idea what it's like to be gay whatsoever. Um, and they'll say things and do things and joking, like, jokingly not meaning to harm and until they get other gay people in their life and they see their struggles, that's when their ideas start to change. It's when they get that connection, they grow and develop with that, those people and then their views and their beliefs start to change. And any allyship, if you wanna be more trans aware, if you wanna be more POC aware, you have to have those people in your life. You have to be willing to have those conversations. You have to spend time with those kinds of people and have that, be willing to drop that I know best or what I know is right and correct and there's no room for growth or change. Because I feel like no matter where any of us are at, there's always more, there's always more growth. There's, there's always more expansion. Like what's the point of life if we're not like continuing to grow and expand? So I feel like all three of us here are learning to like grow and expand in some way around this topic and every other part and aspect of our life. And so I feel like I agree and if when I do think about that like when the person comes and they're sort of like oh I'm not the problem it's like well you're not the solution either if you're not willing to even consider that you have some kind of bias right and uh Marlena like was sharing on her Facebook page Marlena's a coaching friend of, of mine Lamont that's a black woman and she was saying treat it like COVID assume that you have it assume that you <laughs> assume that you have racism assume, even if you're like you're, you don't have any signs or symptoms. We're just going to treat it like it's there anyway. And I feel like, yeah, that's true. Like, because all of us went to school somewhere or had older grandparents around us at some point, right? And it's like, there's all of these beliefs that are in the subconscious mind that we might not be consciously aware of, but it's like, what are the, what are the unconscious biases that we have as well that we might be operating from or assumptions that we might be making about people or about life and I, I think that that's like a, a really good perspective that she brought into one of our conversations. Again, that like, I'm not the problem. I don't, it really bothers me. And that's somewhere I need to grow. But it really, really bothers me because I remember when I was about 15 or 16, if my friend Tori ends up watching this, she was there for that. I was jumped by three skinheads. And I don't so much remember their faces or their names. It was the people around me that did or said nothing about it that really affected me. And that I'm not part of the problem. Well, if you're not part of the solution, then you are part of the problem because it's it's co co-signing that bullshit. You know, because mm. like you know, my my drinking when I was sick, people that said nothing, I thought it was all right. You know, the amount I drink, the way I behave, people that said nothing. I felt like I must be fine, even though, like, I'm in a state of complete, like, drunk, drunken oblivion. I thought I was all right because no one was saying anything. And my illness told me if no one's saying anything, we don't have an issue. So if you believe you're not part of the problem, this co-signing of it is why we're, we're at where we're at. Right. Say it how you usually say it. You can't say it differently just because we're on camera. What's the full phrase, James? <laughs> no, I've said enough. No, I love that. The co-signing bullshit. That's like what that's the thing that he says. And he's like, we don't need to co-sign each other's bullshit. And that's one of I don't know if that's like a program thing, but it's one of the things that you often say that that I love. And it's like, I honestly feel like we would all agree, at least the three of us here, that the majority of people operate from this place of fear, right? Absolutely. And, uh, that most most of us are are really kind of in this protective mode of like and and all of us want to be like liked and and loved and and that everyone wants to be nice and i think that that's one of the things that was also fed to us but doesn't necessarily belong to us is like don't rock the boat you know don't make anybody mad 
don't make anybody uncomfortable. And it's like, I had to go through that process of realizing like, wait, I actually don't really care if everybody likes me or if I say something that someone doesn't agree with, because I, I do think that that's a part of our, our growth process, our growth cycle. And I know that different people that are staying quiet right now, they, they might be in this different part of their journey. And same, that's something that you pointed out is that some people are at this different place in their journey where they might be staying quiet or not saying something because there's something else going on with them mm-hmm. or some fear that they're operating from that's keeping them quiet. And it's like, I think that that's why sometimes I like to ask questions and not just assume that I know everything about them or their life, but if, if I can ask more questions and kind of understand where they're coming from or why they are being quiet, then that gives me more information about them, more compassion. And I think Lamont, like that's coming from a place of love. When we talk about really operating from this place of love, it's like meeting everybody where they're at, even if we're just sort of like, obviously like there's a line, right? We're not talking about, <laughs> there, there's some people where we're going to step in. We know we're not talking about extreme cases, but I think that that's, that's what I'm hearing as well. I'm thinking when you say that. Yeah, I think that's important to definitely take in because just because they're being quiet doesn't mean they don't care. They may not know how to respond or there's something moving in them and they don't know how to react and they have to figure it out and they need time. I love Lamont that you say like there's different courses we can each take to affect the manner. Like, and the truth is like, again, equating this to like alcoholism because you know, that's my, my point of that I can resonate off of is, you know, getting sober, I needed people to like get in my face and be like, hey, like, what are you doing? Like, you're fucking up your life. You're like, what are you doing? Like, look at, look at you, look at you, basically. You know, and that woke me up and other people need that kind of coaxing. But I think we all need to participate in this one way or another. And, you know, my friend Paul, like, you and I both posted, Ashley, you and I both posted the thing about, you know, white silence. And he is such a loving person that he, you know, wrote back in that, like, things like, you don't know about people's outside mental issues. And him and I had a very constructive, lovely conversation about that. And it did make me aware of that. And I think Mm. that, you know, Ashley, you're great for people that need that coaxing. And, you know, people may get turned off by, like, my anger and my passion about this. But I'm here for those people that need, like, that snap. The hello, the wake-up snap. Even you know, I may turn certain people off, you know, by my my method, and actually, some people may not hear you with your method. Like the point is, we mm-hmm. only get in the fight and address it together, one another. That's at least yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and I think that that's like really what one of my takeaways is like. I'm not going to reach out everybody. Like there might be some people that need to hear it from Lamont or from James to where it's really going to click in and someone that you might not reach, right. That is going to hear me because I'm, I'm saying it, you know, at the right time or in the right way, that it's really going to sink in or that it's just the 20th time that they've heard it and they're ready to let it in. And so I feel like they're like, kind of like that. Everybody gets to be right. And everyone gets to be wrong in terms of how we're showing up for this. Right. Like, I'm not saying that I'm like agreeing with, you know, any types of racism or anything like that, of course, but that sometimes we have to sort of let go of like that there is a right way to be or a exact yes. right way to kind of show up to these conversations yes. because it's not necessarily that simple. I guess is I don't know that I'm saying that right, but I don't know what I'm I, 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 I love what you're saying. <laughs> if I'm if I'm interpreting what you're saying correctly, there is no right way to show up. There's no right way to show up. Show up with what you got. And hopefully we're going to make an impact. Mm-hmm. I would like to see people show up and be open and vulnerable, but that's not going to always be the case, right? Yeah. We need the people to show up and be angry. We need those people. I can't go out and be looting yeah. and rioting and stuff. That's just not who I am. But we need those people because what has happened this year? People yeah. are being brought to justice because of these people. They're like, oh, snaps, we need to do something. We need to stop the looting. We need to like stop destroying things this is not okay like there's there's a bigger issue here i could never be that person but i hate it i hate it or i dislike it because i feel like other people are getting hurt in the process i'm like let's not hurt other people people but again we also need we need those people we need them that jump started all this anger started it and it got these conversations happening so i agree like it's it's really just as as necessary and it's I don't know. I, I think I'm still processing things in, in the conversation. I don't know if James has something to say. I know that we also like, I definitely have to pee at this point with the amount of coffee <laughs> that I've had. 
Well, I, sorry, so no, we're also getting to a wrap up point. Yeah. The last thing I'd want to say, and maybe Lamont can redirect my thinking on that, but probably not, is the point I'm at in my life is like we can all show up differently, but I'm not at a point where I think we can tolerate people not showing up altogether. Like, I think everyone has to come to the table and you have to be willing to put your foot in your mouth and you have to be willing to say ignorant things that you're pre-programmed with. But I think this whole pretending there's not an issue, you know, I think Floyd, I think that life was really used and ended to do something potentially beautiful. And, you know, it was, it was hard. I don't know if everyone's actually watched the full video. I'm sure it is, <laughs> it is just, it's heartbreaking. It doesn't have to go in vain. And I, what the point I'm at in my life is we can have all kinds of deep conversations. We can be angry together. We can be sad together. We can be frustrated together. But I just really, as a soul on a human journey, I can't pretend like this conversation doesn't need to be had with every person in my life. Good, bad, uh, in the middle, angry, sad. I think that each one of us have a responsibility to one another to speak about it. And that's just where I'm at in my life. And I've lost a couple of friendships, unfortunately, from this. But I'm not going to stand to the sidelines anymore because people are literally dying from this. And our human experience is so, so much less electric than it can be if we actually address the illness that we're suffering from as a human family. If you guys that are watching have any suggestions for topics that you want to hear us talk about, James and I are going to have different guests. And it sounds like Maybe even Lamont would want to join us as well. We wanted to talk about like at some point, like the stigma around addiction, because I feel like that's another conversation. I have so many friends and people that I love that are in recovery. And so I have a much different perspective and you hear people share different perspectives of like, well, why wouldn't people just stop or change? That's their responsibility. Like there's conversations like that, that James and I want to have where we are really talking about things that maybe people are not exposed to or they're not talking about all the time and bring in different voices and different people to really have these conversations with us. So if you guys that are watching have things that you want to hear about, that you want to talk about, maybe it's it's something separate than this. Like I encourage you to drop it in the comments and let us know because we're going to be showing up every, every week with different things. But thanks Lamont for- Thanks for having me. Like I wasn't expecting here. to- talk when James told me about the thing today I was like okay yeah I'll come watch like I'm down and then it was like, you know, like type questions here I like putting him on full blast but it was so needed I think and Lamont thought he was showing up to like zoom and he was he's like what is happening here like what is yeah. this I was like we're well, gonna be live if you're willing to be live with us. so I'm glad that you said yes thank you for saying yeah. No problem. And then I will try to put a link to the letter. It's called A Letter to the Masses in the comments. I guess on the Facebook thing, if you guys want to check yeah. it out. It's a passionate letter that I wrote and it can help you have conversations. So thank you, Lamont. Thank you, Bestie. I love you both. Thank you, and guys. Love you too, thank James. Thank you to everybody. Um, and bye to everybody else. But thank you for watching with us. Thank you for hanging out with us. Love and like So nice to meet you, Ashley. Stop the live. Bye, you guys. Bye.